This is The Muster with Andy Muir. Thanks for joining us on Hakanui Wednesday afternoon as we go and catch up with James Edgar at Moa Flat. Good afternoon, James. How are you? Andy, how are you, listeners? Yeah, going pretty good. A um, couple of stellar days weather-wise, about to turn tomorrow. Today's a bit cooler than yesterday. Um, how's it faring at Moa Flat? Yep, no, we're enjoying the run of weather. We're probably now a month uh, nicer than what we sort of well, I would say budget on, but to be fair, after the summer we had, we weren't budgeting on anything. So, yeah, no, we're looking like we're starting to get out of jail, which is quite nice. Crops have recovered pretty well, have they? Yeah, they're probably um, probably the best crops we've had in five years. Now, it's amazing how they just keep sort of swelling up. And you know, there's um, Kevin Baxter down in Tapanui. He cooked up a feed of um, weeds there the other day and he said it was amazing there was just no water come out of them so they're obviously still really hard high dry matter You're in five years it's crazy when you think about a couple of months ago as to what we were facing Yeah well last year we went alright but we um, drowned probably a third of our crops just with all that um, rain we got in January so yeah it is a bit of an irony it is, but I mean, hey, we look at the season now. The first day of June as well, moving day. Uh, people um, who are part of moving day today, all the best to you. It's um, the start of a calendar for a lot of people, but um, the winter cycle does start on farm. Uh, James, now, you want to talk a little bit about nitrogen today. You've been crunching some numbers, going down some more rabbit holes. Yeah, no, I thought we'd have a bit of a talk about nitrogen as it seems to be a fairly hot topic at the moment. So um, I... I had a bit of a look there, so a couple of interesting facts to start. So there's actually 78% of the uh, atmosphere is nitrogen, and then there's 21% oxygen, and there's only 1% other gases. So I thought that was quite interesting, which actually works out at 4,000 trillion tonnes of uh, nitrogen in the atmosphere. <laughs> so take just, it take just, it from that what you want, but quite, just a wee quite bit. interesting, really, when you think about that. that is, that's a hell of a number, though, isn't it? Oh, that's, yeah, it's quite amazing because you sort of um, think nitrogen fertiliser and I know Greenpeace and Crazies are flat out trying to ban it, which well, I was also looked up. I thought, well, how many people does nitrogen feed? You know, because that's the other half of that argument. So they work between three and three and a half billion people that are fed by directly from nitrogen. So that's just, well, about 40% of the world's population would be starving if it uh, wasn't for nitrogen fertiliser. It's a hell of a figure when you think about it. Like, that's two figures you brought out today already in the first couple of minutes, so well done on that. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, applied in the right manner, absolutely, it boosts food production. Yeah, definitely. So I was on the uh, the UN website. I ended up on the Environment Programme website. It was, um, yeah, they... The opening line was uh, most of the world's crops wouldn't exist without nitrogen. So that's even from the UN, which we know how slightly left-leaning they are. But um, their main ones to talk about is corn, wheat and rice, which are just hugely reliant on nitrogen. And it was interesting because it's what New Zealand agriculture is basically doing anyway. Because they were, you could just feel the frustration of the authors <laughs> when they were writing it about having to admit that they needed nitrogen. But they talked about... Um, the uh, use of you know the right nitrogen, the right pace, the right time, um, really targeted. They uh, different crops, and the other one they talked about it was really trying to get fertilizer, more fertilizer into um, regions like Africa, 
in places like that year that are struggling for food to actually help help feed everyone. And we just look at um, economies that have just been gone derelicts lately. I mean, look at Sri Lanka. What did I read just before? They've actually started taking delivery of consignment of Russian oil to restart operations at the country's only refinery. Now, Sri Lanka's very much gone down the Regen Avenue, um, banning a lot of other things as well, and it's just kicking them in the face. Well, it definitely is. It was quite, I find it quite ironic. Is, um, well, we actually literally have a political party, um, and then there's also various places that you can donate. They're actually after the starvation of three to three and a half million people which is uh, quite ironic if you take a step back and, and just have a wee think about what that means and where that would stand in terms of human history at many people starving to death. <laughs> it's frankly quite quite mind-boggling, really, when you when you actually take a step back and think about it in, in a brutal context like that. You know, Sri Lanka, it's organic farming, they're calling it, the want went wrong, not so much the region. Um, now, Greenpeace as well, they're, well, we've all hear about them. Everybody's got different opinions on them. Um, fair to say, in the, if you're in the rural game, it's more unfavourable than favourable. Yeah, I, I think they've lost their way. I, I was thinking about, so I consider myself an environmentalist. I'm quite big enough, actually. I've been had two trips into um, East Africa and um, been to places like the Serengeti and the Masai Mara. And, I know they're just special places. I'd love to get back there. But so basically agriculture is encroaching on those areas, and it's really hard for the wildlife live with farmers in those sort of areas but just crazy to me in New Zealand that we're going to start decreasing production because those people will need to eat and then that's actually going to put more land use um, pressure on places like the Serengeti the Masai Mara, all those places here. in my opinion we should actually be probably increasing our nitrogen use in New Zealand producing more food and then maybe have 10% that you put into some of those poorer places but have it so that you can start increasing some of the area for the wild animals in the wild places, not keep increasing agriculture area. How did you find East Africa? It would have been a fascinating place. Like, give a context to countries when you say East Africa. Uh, so I've done Malawi, uh, Kenya, Tanzania, Botswana, so um, through there. So that, it's, I love it over there. So it reminds me probably of the old number eight war um, but it used to be like in New Zealand probably, so we had trouble with our overland truck. We couldn't find two fan belts the same size, so we had to keep driving until that one snapped and then putting a different size on and then they'd um, shimmy it over to make that work. And another story we had, we had the vans going into the Masai Mara in Kenya and uh, one of the brake pads shattered, so they had to uh, take the wheel off and then they just took the brake pads off and then they got a uh, bread bag off the side of the road and screwed it up and put it up the brake line so we didn't lose all our brake fluid and then put the wheel back on and carried on driving. <laughs> you just had to make do because you're in the middle of nowhere. Ah, well, it's good for a while for the next 12 years. Yeah, oh, definitely. Oh, no, well, worse than Mackay and his travel stories shortly. So, <laughs> <laughs> But it is interesting, though, like you talk about that. It's like um, the time we went over to India, we went to see an elephant sanctuary. Fantastic if... You ever get the opportunity to do that kind of travel. But yeah, you're dead right. Like farmers are just whipping boys at the moment, aren't they? Organisations like Greenpeace have got an agenda and they're not too worried about the narrative to get uh, both sides of the story, which is um, really disappointing. Yeah, well, it's disappointing because um, it's disappointing when you get a worse outcome for nature. As I say, I do actually consider myself an environmentalist. 
And I think we do. That's the problems with humans is we're basically encroached on all the wild places, haven't we? So not giving the wild animals much room to live. So we need to actually start having that conversation about expanding that area. And the only way to expand that area is by using probably more targeted nitrogen and making sure that our best soils are being used appropriately. It's all about the science. Hey, James Edgar, thanks very much for your time this afternoon on The Muster, mate. Speak again. Uh, Cheers, thank you. James Edgar from our flat, as he is every couple of weeks here on The Muster. Up next Wednesday afternoon, Howard Clark from Advance Ag. (laughs) 